Hey guys, we'll have a really fun show for you this week on Pain in the Pod. I talked to Jake and Matt of 90 Day Gays. A lot of people in the reality podcast world know these guys. They're hilarious. They cover several shows, but the one they're doing right now is uh, 90 Day Fiance. So take a listen to this interview with Jake and Matt of 90 Day Gays, but also head on over to Patreon where I did a bonus episode with them that is even more outrageous than them on the regular podcast, if you can imagine. That's patreon.com slash pain in the pod. Thanks very much. Take a listen. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Pain in the Pod. Today, I have some real fun guests to brighten your day during this uh, coronavirus quarantine time. It's Jake and Matt from the 90 Day Gaze. Now, if you don't know about this show, well, you really need to take a listen. It's a recap show where they talk about all things 90 Day Fiance, but these two have a whole podcast network. In addition to that, they also have pretty important day job. So I'm pumped to talk to them about their careers. And of course, my favorite show, 90 Day Fiance. Welcome to the show, Jake and Matt. Hi, Mary Payne. Hi. Hi, Sugar. This is Matt. I'm Matt, aka Maddie. And this is Jake, aka Poodle. People say they can't tell us apart. We never understand why. We're squealing Southern Queens. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. That's That's the best kind, right? All right, so the two of you... Have, we're going to get all into all your podcasts, all your business. But first of all, how did the two of you, you're both in L.A., but how did you meet originally? We met years ago, right? Poodle, Poodle do you want to talk about Nineteen, <laughs> right after the the beginning of the Second World War, I was drafted. rush. <laughs> we were two homosexual military men sharing mm-hmm. one bunk. Okay. No. We've never dated. We're sisters. We're sisters, not lovers. <laughs> not lovers. Um, we met basically. We went to the same school. We were both going to music school together. University of North Texas, which is in Denton above Dallas, Texas. Okay. Uh, and then. Jake is a crazy music savant. Like, he was <laughs> one of those kids who was pr- playing piano when he was, like, playing Chopin when he was five years old. And, like, already, like, at seven years old, he was already judging people for their music choices (laughs) and things like this. So he was that. My mother, I was, my mother was my first, with my first uh, ridicule judgment when when she was listening to bad Beatles songs. I'm like, this one's bad. Skip it. (laughs) Oh. So anyway, we met at music school and then we kind of knew who each other was because we went to UNT is a very big music school. And then we became, we realized we were queens from the same cloth when we both ended up teaching at a same, a theater at a same summer camp in Massachusetts. And when you have a summer of just teaching rich, rich Jewish girls, musical theater, you need a drinking buddy. And that's where we became friends. (laughs) Oh my God. And so eventually you guys both found yourselves in Los Angeles. Yeah. Or you were friends the whole time. Yeah, we were friends. Um, I think I was I was going back to start on my kind of PhD program. That was my whole other life. I was in uh, basically I've been I was a musician my whole life, and I thought I wanted to be an academic for a while. And but I had still done theater, and as a as as a pianist, I'd done piano coaching and vocal coaching. But uh, I was just hating Dallas. I was hating my program at the time I, I basically told them i was leaving I was leaving my phd program because i don't didn't think i could become an academic so i just visited la it was february it was really sunny and it was gorgeous tell so, her the real reason why you left dallas <laughs> tell her the real reason please please I, 
That's one of them. Uh, well, there's this gay bar called JR's in Dallas. Not not the not the Roundup that they talk about a real no, house. No, was, although we both love the Roundup. <laughs> the Roundup is a little bit more fun. You go to JR's to like cruise. J, there's JR's and then the lesbian bar is Sue Ellen because it's Dallas, like the show. I was just kind of sitting around Stop a circle it. with friends of mine, <laughs> and we were just kind of talking to each other, and I realized I had this thought. Oh my God, in this circle of friends, I've either slept with all of them or I've slept with by proxy all of them. <laughs> so it was time to leave. He called so me I that night and he said, I'm leaving. <laughs> I decided it wasn't good for me there because I had sown my wild oats way too much. <laughs> and so I had, married, I had already moved out to Los Angeles to pursue television acting actually with a friend another friend from a camp she lived out in california so i moved out with her and her and i had been roommates for a year and then we decided we wanted to move into like a house and we had jake come out and then the three of us lived in a house in la for and then she moved out later but we were roommates for like nine years yeah that's how we we, but that's where basically then we started just kind of randomly putting together little songs and one of our friends was having a birthday and she said, I just want you to sing a song for us, for me, for my birthday. And of course, two enterprising homosexuals wrote a whole cabaret show <laughs> and put it on in our house. We invited people, there was lighting, there was singing to animals, there okay, was costumes, sure. of course. And we called it Cabergay. Cabergay instead of cabaret. And then I think we just, we about, Three or four we years ago. We would do ago. that show once a year. Like that started in our living room in Cabergay yeah. now. When we do it, we always do it for charity, some type of charity. And it's morphed into, it's a huge theater with like 200 people. Full show. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. We've done it 10 years now. When we were doing it, we were doing the show. We we're like, this is so much fun. I wish we could find a way to do this for work and get paid for it. And we kind of laughed about it. We're like, ha ha, that'll never happen. <laughs> no one's going to pay us to do this. And strangely enough, that's kind of what we pl it planted a seed and we've kind of been heading towards that for a while. In real life now, in current time, Matt, you're a psychologist, you're a therapist. So I, I jokingly <laughs> say I have gay DD. Um, uh -huh. But it, so my master's in clinical psychology and what you do, and so I was in the midst of getting my hours for that, which you have to do for free. And in California, it's like 3,200 hours. It's a lot of hours you have to do for free. It takes like six years, four or five years. Well, in the meantime, I was working at a day job at a law office, just kind of doing the books and stuff there. And then doing, that's when, during this time years ago, I started the Dear Maddie Show, which is an advice podcast. That was kind of my first entry into podcasting in 2013. Well, so... Then I also am a commercial actor and it was just my commercial acting stuff and podcasting stuff kind of, and at the time I had a production partner, those just kind of overtook. And so um, I don't see as many clients now. I have a few, but it's kind of, you can age out of being an, an actor. You get too old for Hollywood. and But if you're, the older you look for a therapist, that's better because people always want because when I first started, I remember, I remember I had this one client. And he was African American, and I said, "So, what is it like for you to have a white therapist?" And he was like, "Bitch, I don't care if you're white. You're just so young. What you gonna tell me?" And so, that was. So I'm kind of like, you know what? That so I do it still more in an entertainment sense, and so that's and then you, poodle you bring, morphed. In, 
you bring that. You bring a sense of, yes. of a therapy, not a therapist quality, to like a, a sense of understanding and empathy. That's that's what he usually brings. Talk to show that. stuff, Oprah. I would watch. I would record Oprah as a middle school kid. Same. I mean, and so I would record it How and then pause it. How many boys do you know who did that, Mary Payne? <laughs> none. 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 Just me in Southern Oklahoma, just doing my thing. Um, but no, I would even pause it when I would watch it before Oprah would ask a question and I would pretend and ask my questions. Like I was really oh. into this talk show thing. Okay. Wow. So, you, were one, you took it one step further than I did. I did, sure. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It, was, it was my passion and it still is. Stories, interviewing people, are so much my passion. And so that's why, and so I love doing Dear Maddie. It's on hiatus now, hiatus now cause I want to kind of rebrand and have some ideas for it. But in the midst of that, you know, Jake was kind of like in, he was writing musicals and Jake voice teaches. And then he, that morphed into for him life coaching. Cause we always, we joke and say that we do the same thing. Cause teaching voice is so personal. Yeah, I'm a singer too. I studied opera. So I get it. It's, when you, it's such a critical internal thing and it really is truly just like therapy. I would be like, oh, this client cried all day. And he would be like, my client cried. And, it, and so we realized we definitely were like-minded about that. And then, so we decided to do something totally different and just make fun of reality shows on podcast. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna ask. So I think being a therapist does lend itself to, to your voice and how you kind of come at it well and, which one of you, when I when we were recording with Aaron Martin and we were talking about the the guy Ash on Ninety Day Fiance, and, and we'll get to him, and you were saying, you know, perhaps because he talks in all these platitudes and he can't really speak as himself, he only speaks in these like yeah. therapist type platitudes, that maybe he's really masking something. One of you I, said that, and I was uh, like, I never thought about that. We we. Who knows these days? Basically, my idea is my kind of way I work. We were talking about this before, but uh, as a voice coach, your voice and your singing voice is the most personal thing you have. Um, It's something you don't really share with people. So you can kind of get pretty deep. And I think of myself as a problem solver. So everything for me is trying to see what's there and shake the pieces around and see how we can kind of... Uh, figure out what you need, what we can um, replace. So I'm I'm pretty good at seeing people will show you things when they walk through the door and they'll tell you what you they need, what they think they need, and they most of the time they don't need that. So it's Ooh. kind of you're reading the cues they're giving you, but most of the time they have no idea what they need. <laughs> they don't. So yeah. Jake, explain to me. Okay, so we know Maddie has is a therapist, but mm-hmm. doesn't use it totally, and you are. obviously a a trained singer but now you said you're a teacher but are you teaching piano are you teaching voice and then your life coaching also i'm just trying to get all these jobs out there we are like gay d D, y'all we are gay d d we know i would i would call myself a vocal coach as in someone who works with singers more very holistically god i sound so la when i say that but um Mm -hmm. i'm working i'm working usually from the inside out trying to because singing is everything wrong with singing is in our heads everything right is in our bodies um so wow. i can True. it's if i could if i can turn off that voice or turn off as i say everyone always has that voice i always say name it first and for me that voice is my mother um every time there's like a, a judgment it, there's always a voice and if you can name it it loses its power just a little bit 
But and I'm always trying to kind of figure out ways to solve problems in a, in a very holistic way, which just kind of worked itself into life coaching in that way. And I have clients who they'll come in for vocal work, but we'll sit here and just talk for an hour. And right. that that is perfectly and they'll come in the next time. They're like, that was really helpful last week. So I find all of them kind of integrate for me. Um, I don't see it as very disparate, actually. It, it all feels natural to me, um, which is kind of how I know it's correct or right. If there is any right or correct, <laughs> who knows? But you guys are, I mean, you're so interesting. You met in music school and then you both still are in that world, but you're both also a little bit in like of a therapy world. However, we're 15 minutes into the podcast, not even discussing your podcast because you've got all these other jobs. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I know. It's so Bitches crazy. Need so how, money. I, I mean, really, listen. So how are, how did the two of you come together and be like, all right, I think we're going to start this podcast journey together? And how did you? Because you have like a whole network of, of shows. So mm-hmm. how did you start? How did you go from music school to teaching to life coaching to therapy to hey, we're going to make fun of reality stars on a podcast? How did you get there? It's very, this is a very much more clear story in that. So (laughs) on my Dear Maddie show, especially when I first started the show, I needed friends. So I had Jake come on and be, I would do the show with a different guest each week. So I had Jake come on. And so when we did the show together and did advice and stuff, it worked out really well. And one of my friends who is a casting producer, who's just a friend now, listened to our episode and he called me the next day and he was like, I have a show idea for you and Jake. I want to pitch you both for a reality show. And so he came to us and it was a it was a six, eight month long process and working with us on developing the show. We we shot a sizzle reel for it. A sizzle reel is kind of okay, like a, t- a TV show, a television show. Yes. OK. All right. And uh, we've shot a sizzle reel, which is sizzle reels, just basically like a five minute episode, a little episode. So we did that. And then. As anything happens, I mean, I still work in pitching reality stuff and all that kind of stuff. And you you do it, you pitch it, and if nobody wants it, you wait. And that was kind of, we couldn't get it out anywhere, and it kind of just died. You'll but throw so, 50 things at the wall, and one exactly. will hopefully stick. But Jake and I left that, and we were like, but now we've kind of, someone's given us this, because fo- Jake and I... Again, we have KDD. We get distracted. Jake gets distracted by poetry. I get distracted by Wonder Woman things, and we both get distracted by penis. So, it's, yeah. so it, we. This was somebody who gave us definitely. Like gave the dog, us, it's like the dog and up. The dog squirrel, and up. Yeah, penis. squirrel, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So squirrel? this this gave us focus, and then from that. I, we kind of said, well, what can we do that takes this show, bits of Cabergay that we have done, how can we put that into a podcast? And so when we first started, our very first podcast was called TVT Time, and we were just kind of recapping any television that we yeah, liked. It was, it was fast and loose then, and I still say those were some of my favorite episodes. We were drunk a lot. It was it was <laughs> kind of just weird how it would be, and people people didn't know how to really respond to us because they didn't know kind of our brand because so the the delivery system was wrong. Yeah, but so, just trying things out, we did fiction shows, we did reality shows, we did competition shows, and then it really wasn't until um, one of our really, fans. One of uh, our uh, fans, well, two things. One of our fans, our listeners, an old dear Maddie listener who became a good friend, said, like, you guys should recap 90 Day Fiance. 
And then at the same time, we had just did our first season of Southern Charm on Bravo. And that started to go where we were getting, I don't mind talking about this kind of stuff, where we were getting like maybe like 2,000 downloads a month of our regular shows. Suddenly we did Southern Charm and in a month we were up to like 15,000 downloads in a month. And so we're like... It caught on and we, we yeah. knew we were doing something right. We Real, like what, reality was that more show? of us. That was what, Sweet what, Tea. Sweet, sweet tea. and the letter T. Sweet tea, like as in I'm going to spill the tea, and so um, which we still are doing that show. We're just waiting for Southern Charm to come back. Yeah, if it ever comes back, yeah, right. Yeah. So then we started Nanny Day. We literally, ironic that you know I've been doing this for seven years. Poodles, or I call Jake Poodle. He's been podcasting. We've been doing it together for five now, and we started Ninety Day Gaze in September, and then by December we had a hundred thousand downloads a month. It just kind of went. It's kind of amazed both of us, but yes. we do know that reality is is kind of our milieu, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> just because, God, I can't believe I just used that word. I want to throw myself out a window. Um, well, we do. You're using all of your um, all of your degrees. Pretentious, exactly. I should have them behind me. Um, you should. What we we realized that people there was something about the reality formula that feels fake, but also feels people revealing themselves and kind of wanting help. And for 90 Day Fiance, it's all about the honest search for people to actually find love. I mean, they're crazy. They're fucking nuts. <laughs> but there's a there's a still an honest sense that they want, they think there's someone out there for them and it's compelling to watch. You know, so we, we you can't agree. This, it's just, it's what we've done, what a lot of us have done either in real life or just kind of magnified and so we jake and i we call the people lonely hearts on the show because we say we're all lonely hearts because we all we are looking for love and validation in some way and poodle and i uh, we know that through our work with clients so yeah that's why we because we didn't want to do bravo housewives because we feel like that's just not our type we need a a human aspect in reality because we did improv (laughs) together years ago and y'all need to do southern charm do something you're both really southern that's our that's how we kind of jumped on the reality train was that and a lot of it we've said this before but we know that we are directly here because of Ronnie, because so much of what Ronnie do, Ronnie's been a mentor to us. So it helped us out any, so much. Anytime I have a question, I'm like, oh, should we use this or that? Or when we got with our podcast network, ACAST, that's all been through Ronnie. So, I mean, truthfully, we need to buy that guy a pool or something one it's, day when we it's can. It's podcasters helping podcasters, y'all. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's what uh, that's Aaron and I were just talking about that today on our other podcast, Hey Bunky. We were just talking about how actually this coronavirus time has been great because everybody's sort of like, I have time. I can collaborate with you. I've got tomorrow. I can do it. Whereas before we're like, Oh, catch me in two weeks. You know, it's been really nice. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the freest I've been in forever. Um, I'm freaked out by that, but we've had enough time to record about four podcasts this week. So I know. Yeah, yeah. me too. I like, this is my fourth one this week. Okay. We're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and talk about your podcast, 90 day gaze. This episode is brought to you by HP instant ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. 
save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantinkspotify. We're back. I'm back with Jake and Matt of the podcast 90 Day Gays. Now, 90 Day Gays obviously is a play on words of 90 Day Fiance. And y'all are like, okay, my, I have a sister named Tay. T-A-Y. It's okay. short for Taylor, okay? Mm-hmm. She has a friend that puts the word Tay in everything. Like, right now the coronavirus is like Corona Tay. And then she, I mean, <laughs> everything she does puts Tay. Like, happy birthday. Oh. Um, you know, instead of like Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Tayo. I mean, everything. <laughs> And I find that y'all do the same thing with the word gay. We do. <laughs> gay DD, gay Trion. Y'all do everything. <laughs> it's pretty we easy, Brandy. We're not. It's pretty clever. It's pretty clever, um, right? We, we are clever, but there is something beautiful into using the easiest possible dumbest joke. There's just something so sweet about it uh, because people expect it and then they get that reward when it is. Like we call them our Gatreons. Our our Patreon members are our Gatreons. GayDD. Tony, we use use gay for a lot of things. We Um, do. We also use, you know, our listeners are, I guess, like the happens people call them Geraldines, but ours are called sissies. And so our private Facebook group is called our Sissy Squad. And that was a word Poodle and I choose just because... We were, we were called that yeah, as we little kids. young boys growing up in the South. And I remember a boy I went to uh, grade school with saying, don't walk like that. You'll be, a, you look like a sissy. And that word, you know, you wear it like a scarlet S your whole mm-hmm. life. And there was something, we were talking about it. And I, I don't know who said it, but I said, what about sissies? Because so now these women are calling themselves sissies, and it's I gotta tell you, it's pretty and fucking, straight men, pretty fucking empowering. <laughs> it is, it yeah, really it's is. taking yeah. it back, right? It's like yeah, you're exactly. taking the word exactly. back. Yeah, um, have y'all the, that just made me remember? Um, one of my favorite writers from Mississippi, Kevin Sessoms, oh, and he yeah. has that book, it's Southern, Mississippi uh, Sissy. Mississippi mm-hmm. Sissy, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I met him because I used to work at a bookstore in my other jobs, uh, and we did an event for him. Uh, he was absolutely lovely. Just bald, bald gay guy. <laughs> He's great. He's from Brookhaven, Mississippi. Yeah. And what's interesting is he has uh, a sister that's also gay. Um, and then he has a, a brother who's a very well-known like sculptor and painter. And his sister that's gay is a very well-known oncologist. So it's a real interesting family and a real interesting life. But every time you say sissy, I'm reminded of his book. Yeah. Where he talks about sort of taking that word back for himself. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. I think y'all just are so funny. And you're, and the, I think that you make it the joke is like the lowest common denominator joke. Like, I'm just going to say it for everybody else does. And you kind of take it back. And that's why it's funny. Like, I, I'm not going around calling people that, but no. you can. And that's why it's funny, you know? <laughs> I mean, one of Poodle and I's biggest inspirations for comedy is first of all, we loved, we both love Carol Burnett and we love Mama's family. But honestly, yeah. like, so much of our jokes go back to hee haw. We both grew up <laughs> loving he Like, our dream is to do a sketch <laughs> literally in a fake cornfield one. Like, I think I would cry probably if that happened. It, I don't think so- you'd have to do a fake one. I could probably just go on over to. No, Poodle gets too hot. A real one. No, Poodle gets too hot outside. We need air conditioned. Then he's a bitch. 
Yeah, it's I don't do well in uh, not good circumstances. Um, but no, there's something about Hee Haw that felt, again, taking it back, that felt so kind of felt so comfortable, but yet foreign to us. But we loved the jokes. We loved the kind of folksiness of it. And we're both kind of Southern. So that's kind of. Yeah, well, I'm, I am very Southern. He's, <laughs> He's more, Southern. I'm Oklahoma. It's kind of country. Who even knows what it is? It's but, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm from South Carolina originally, from rural. We were founded by Land Run. It was a whole shit show. My people go back to the 1600s, but they're all scary mountain people. <laughs> I, I don't know where my people came from. I'll just say they came from England. Um, yeah. My question for you guys is, if it wasn't coronavirus time, if it was regular days, how would you keep up with your day jobs? Now, I've heard now, opera, poetry, commercial actor, uh, psychologist, musician, teacher. I, I really, I haven't even written down all the things. Um, how do you keep up with all those things, plus all these podcasts that you're doing? So, like in Southern Charm we is back. We are so L.A. We are what are so we doing in Southern Charm and this? I, I will say this. This is going to sound really gross, but... I really love what I do. Um, yes. So it's not a, it, there are days where I'm like, oh, I have a, another fucking 14 hour day where mm. I'm just gonna have to like, it's gonna be bad. Um, and I have to tell myself, you get to do this for a living. You get to do this and enjoy it. You do something you like for a living, yeah. My father told me probably two years ago and they always supported me going into arts and things like that. They have no fucking idea what I do. It's hard for them to understand it that mm -hmm. I get paid for doing what I do, even music. Um, but he said, I really admire you because you get to get up every day and do what you want to do. And See, so yeah, and, and, and it, it's, so that's what I take with me. Now the podcast can be exhausting, but we usually have fun. Like we get along. It won't sound like it on the podcast because we're, <laughs> we're griping at each other like Bert and Ernie. But it's true. People ask, like, do you fight? And we don't fight because we're always just kind of bickering. Yeah. So we, even bickering. when we were roommates, we we didn't really do that. I think it'll be, you know, my my uh, my boyfriend just said to me the other day, he said, boy, what's it going to be like to you to go back to, you know, normally I would get home at 11, 1130 every night because Jake, I, we would, I would be doing a day job thing and then go to Jake's at night and we would be doing all our stuff. And so now it has been, I mean, I'm working from home like for day job stuff, but that's not taking a lot of my time. Yeah. So, and I'm not doing um, gigs. I'm not doing music gigs anymore. So, so I it's, we're going to have to get used to it. Yeah, normally he can't do the evening. I can't do the day. So we're always doing scheduling. Usually, uh, usually Saturdays, all day Saturday, we're doing stuff. So... I mean, the goal is for us that, um, you know, uh, who knows what, but the goal is kind of the way we're moving. We would, we would love to, I would love personally by the end of the year, uh, by 2021 in January to be full-time podcasting. And that's just my job. So it's getting to that. So my goal is similar. I would still see clients. I would not take those kind of hustle gigs that I lost as soon as coronavirus dropped. Um, let me ask you, I want to ask you about a hustle gig because you mentioned yeah. when I talked to you earlier this week that you were very recently in China and yes. sort of hustled out of the country <laughs> as coronavirus was sort of coming at you oh like um, the Indiana Jones ball rolling down the uh, hill. Exactly, that's exactly I, it. I, have, I, yeah. I live a very exciting life. Yeah. 
This, I, but I will say, most of the time I'm like, wee on a roller coaster. Um, I was playing with an orchestra, playing piano with an orchestra, the Hollywood Concert Orchestra, and we were touring all of all of China uh, for the New Year month, um, which is January, which is kind of why the the biggest problem has been in China because they, everyone travels during January, right? And uh-huh, so. Right. So I was contracted to do that. Uh, we had heard about this virus, and but it was very isolated, very southern China. No, we weren't even going anywhere near it. And so we were fine. We get about January 20th, which is around the New Year. President Xi uh, does a big New Year's list, doesn't even address the virus, doesn't even talk about really? it. And we're all like, okay, this is becoming kind of government cover-up. Uh-huh. That doesn't next- sound familiar at all. No. <laughs> and the next the next place we went, the next time we went, we looked out in the audience and everyone was wearing a mask. It was like outbreak. And we yeah. were all wearing masks. It, then at one point they were sort of closing towns that we were going to go through and they canceled the rest of our other shows. And we still had five more days in our contract. So we're like, do we, do we just wait at the hotel or do we get out, get the fuck out the country before they, you know, before we get infected? So our promoters yeah. actually said, we're going to get you out. We're gonna take. We're gonna give you a tour, a tour charter bus for you only. The band, the the orchestra. There were forty five of us, and they took us sixteen and so hours across mainland China to Beijing, where we stayed in a Super Eight <laughs> before we flew out the next day at Beijing, which looked like a ghost town because no one really? was out. And if you've ever seen Beijing, hordes of people, mobs. Yeah. it's a huge, very busy city. We got out the very last minute. They um, before I was to fly out, they closed the interstates going into Beijing, so we would have not gotten out of Beijing that night. And who knows how we could have had it unless we had gone that day. It was a very scary moment. Um, yeah, but, well, um, and this like is it. scary for Poodle too. In that you know, in like seven years ago, Poodle actually was in a three-week coma because yeah, he had SARS. <laughs> he's had he had SARS and Corona like so the same type of bad um chest, the bad type uh, bad bad but it was chest, SARS bad which stuff. is yeah. related to Corona. So that's why we're super isolating for him because no, it was H one N one. It was H one N one with but R. It, it is it is yeah. the same kind of strain as right. this yeah. Corona thing. So yeah. it was so um, I'm staying away from oh my everybody. God. Yeah. It, oh honestly, my God. Honestly, I'm shout out to I'm not gonna give up. It's really <laughs> shout out to one of our sissies who actually she emailed me on Facebook, and she's the one she used to work for the virology department department in the army, and she said they're saying it's 600 people in China right now. It's, it's six, more six thousand. Jake, that, Jake that has to get true. out. Yeah, and so he was gonna buy his own flight and everything. Which I did. And thankfully, and they and, did. I, and they they bought us. They told us we we're going the next morning. So yeah, it was it, it was, was cuckoo like a movie. <laughs> okay, I have a very, very random question. Sure, hit it. Mary at the soup, at the Super Eight in China, <laughs> do they have? Do they in Beijing? Do they have potties or do they have hole in the ground? Okay, this is a China thing. I'm very um, interested in this hole in the ground potty situation. In, in hotels, in what I would call quote unquote Western hotels, uh-huh. there are usually American style sit down toilets. Okay. So if you go to a rest area or public bathroom or like even in a municipal area, you squat and you pee or poop in the floor and you bring your own toilet paper, Mary Payne, you bring your own. <laughs> no, Did you do that? Great. 
I I never went in with those squatties. I always waited back to the hotel. Like I'm holding that. You know, I didn't realize, again, this goes with kind of what's going on with Corona. So one of my good friends, she made a, I don't know if it's available streaming. It came out in theaters like four months ago. Uh, She made a documentary about this man and he goes by Mr. Toilet. And he's from Singapore and his kind of mission is just putting in toilets into countries. And they're wow. very, very Western. So they have all Western toiletries. Yes. Yep. And he's a very eccentric, really funny guy. So it's a great documentary. I highly recommend Mr. Toilet. People should I watch Mr. it. Toilet. I will. But, I will. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the thing that I learned from that documentary that was surprising to me, the two countries in the world that have the most unsanitary and not even toilet, literally, Sometimes holes in the ground or just horrible conditions are India, which wasn't super surprising to me, but then China, yep. which is the second, and which they have really bad sanitation or none at all. They're just pooping in rivers. And this was a, this is an issue um, because culturally, and this is what we had to figure out, culturally, it's that's never been a thing in China. Like, it's just that's how you went to the bathroom. And only in what? the last 50 years did they even have Western-style toilets at all. I will say... The Chinese people, uh, even uh, even that, they they are they're so more polite and specific about some things because like yes. you will never drink out of a can <laughs> because that's disgusting. So uh-huh. that's but they will poop in the floor or they'll spit on the sidewalk, and so they have really peculiar sanitary issues about some things, but some not others. Not so yeah. much. I I will say just the last thing about China. The Chinese people the, of, the, of themselves are the kindest, most humble, most helpful people I've ever encountered in everywhere I've traveled. The people. That's wonderful. The government, not as much. But the right, people, but the people. The people. The people themselves. Jake called me or texted me. He was like, do you know you can't use Google in China? I went, Jake, it's China. And then he said, I can't get on Facebook. And I'm like, it's communist China. Instagram, they block all, the only thing, Mary Payne, you know how you use Google? You Bing.com that shit. Because the Chinese government owns part of Bing and can monitor what people learn. And then trying to do a podcast. I mean, I should have just given him a tin can with a string. I bet. And I should have tried it. It was hard. Yeah. hard. Oh, my God. Um, okay, my last question, then we're going to take a quick uh, break, is I get why Jake calls Matt Maddie. But I don't get why Matt calls Jake Poodle. Eh, it's a harder one. Uh, I'll let I you mean, answer. Is this is oh, this okay. R-rated, not X-rated? No, no it's not a, at all. Not at all. I call okay. Jake Poodle, which ironically, that's what Karen calls Jack and Will and Grace. And it wasn't anything it, to do with that. It, it was Yeah, sh- shocking. One day I came home because we were roommates. It was me and Jake and this other girl we call her Sissy. And... Sissy, like she's your sister? Yeah, yeah basically, yeah. All, and so, like everything, everything is connected. Like connected. <laughs> I and get so, it. yeah. I come home and I'm just, I just had a horrible day and I'm talking about my day. And normally I usually talk to Lindsay about that, but she wasn't there. So Jake was there and Jake was in the <laughs> kitchen. And Jake was kind of, Jake likes to stand kind of with his hands around his face I kind a of lot. Like pose. I, 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 he kind I, of poses. I enjoy, I enjoy kind of standing in a way that feels. Like it's active, or that I'm listening. I don't know. It's it's really like we. You can see you can see me pictures of me all the way back as a child. I'm always doing some kind of action pose. I don't know why. It's gay, and so I think I'm trying to be cute. Talking to him for like two minutes, five minutes, explaining the story, 
And then I kind of look at him like, well, and then he and just says, in the mirror or something. he said, do you think I look slimmer if I bevel on this hip or if I bevel on that hip? And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? And so I, I told him at that, that moment, I said, you know what? You're like a poodle. You just want to stand and have people admire you. And ever since then, it just stuck. And now every all of our close friends call him poodle. Yeah. All right. That's amazing. I am getting just a picture of that because on a couple of your um the pictures for your podcast, it's you were doing that sort of that uh, face on chin, you know, pose. Yeah, it's his favorite yes. pose. It's, I, I I don't know why. I have no idea. I'm like, it's like leftover from when when the photographer in school would say, "Come on, say money," and you would have to do uh, a weird little pose. I'm still doing it. Like Owen it's Mills. It's very um, it's very John Bonet of you. It is very, very John. <laughs> Hopefully, Bonet. I won't meet the same end. Oh, let's hope not. Let's no, hope coronavirus not. is going to get you. No. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. Um, okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about podcasts we love. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups, it would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay, I'm back with Jake and Matt, Poodle and Maddie, from 90 Day Gaze. Okay, so in this time of coronavirus, everybody's listening to more podcasts, everybody's getting more content, and of course, everybody's doing Tiger King and all this stuff on Netflix and all this. So what podcast, besides the ones that you were on, which is about 20, which ones are you guys listening to? Well, quick self-promotion too on that. <laughs> okay. Is that we do, we do have in our Patreon, uh, we do we do the whole show of Tiger Queens. Uh, we call it Tiger Queens. We, we have a whole, if you're looking for more Tiger King inter- infotainment, you can go on our Patreon and uh, we have one on a regular feed and six other episodes. You just, just binge that shit. We do a, we do talk a lot about gay things. So if that's your thing, go for it. And Southern things because I'm like 30 minutes from where Tiger yeah. King lives. So grew up since, and my uncle had a pet mountain lion named Bobo. So we talk about that a lot. <laughs> we can't talk about Bobo. And then, and, and, it tracks, it tracks. And then, tracks. Bo- and then Poodles from South Carolina Close to Myrtle Beach. I knew people who had visited that. So we have a little inside scoop in that way. But anyway, Poodle, talk about what shows you like. So I, just because of coronavirus, I have been loving, um, and people people probably know this, but the Brene Brown Unlocking Us podcast. I've been telling everybody about it. She just did one uh, with the grief grief expert, David Kessler, I believe it is, who, who studied with... Uh, Mary Payne's like, don't ask me. <laughs> it's a lot of self-help. It's a lot of self-help. 
I love Brene Brown. I've been trying to get him to listen to her for years. But uh, this is all about grief and the stages of grief and kind of like what we're going through now. And mm. if, if you just need that a little bit of that, it, she, she also talked to Toronto Burke. Uh, and then she did something with, who was it? Some, someone else, but she do, does one every, she talks with another person. But I love that one. I love, I love, I love The Moth. It's a kind of a storytelling podcast. I love The Moth. Moth. The Moth is a storytelling podcast. Oh, it's very popular. People it's do good. story slams. And it's every, you kind of come up and tell a story at the, at the evening of The Moth. And it's usually live. Um, except now in the time of Corona when they're doing it uh, remotely or doing a rebroadcast. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's great stories, just by, t- told by great storytellers. And I'm Southern. Oh, I've never so, heard of this. Oh, you'll love it, Mary Payne. You will love, okay. you'll love the storytelling of it. Those are, those two, I think I have one more, but you, you go, Maddie. I can't remember what I... I am looking through my app now. So something that I'm enjoying right now, you know, this is a little bit older, but um, maybe like four or five months old, but if people... Just want something that's binge worthy and kind of joyful. Um, I highly recommend Dolly Parton's America. I was gonna say that when you're right. It's so <laughs> great, and it's just it's about Dolly Parton and her life, her songs. Um, and, More than that, you know, it's about culture and, and her culture, and everything. And you know, it's a she whole just world. gave she just gave a million dollars to Vanderbilt because they're kind of on the cusp of some Corona research. Yeah, and yeah. ironically, the doctor who she gave it to, his son is the host of Dolly Parton's America. Yeah, that's how Boomrod, she, who's also the host of Radio Lab. So that's how it got connected. So it's a very interesting story, and it's very interesting his take. Um, also, I I really love Ear Hustle. That's a show. Um, Me too. I, I love that show. So um, I love Ear Hustle. Um, also. Again, if you're interested in 90 Day stuff, we really love 90 Day Cray Cray. Like, we both listen yeah. to Kim and Kyle. They, they're they hysterical. They also get their facts right more than we do. Y'all, that's, not, that's not our strong suit. <laughs> no, we're not me a, neither. We're yeah. not an info show. <laughs> they know so much about, like, well, in, in this dollars, those dollars yeah. meant this, but in this. And they'll yeah. know a lot about the, the Kim, hole in the ground They're very situation. smart people. They're yeah, software they're very smart. people. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're, they're smarter than both of us. I, I thought of just one more that I love is, uh, this is another, God, I don't, this is so self-helpy, but like On Being with Krista Tippett is another one of my favorites. On Being. Called On oh, Being. Show. And Krista Tippett is this kind of soothing voice and she usually has a guest and it's not always so self-helpy, but uh, I love story, story podcasts like The Mott, This American Life, of course, but, uh, and I love kind of like just thinking about things podcasts. You guys like, um... Armchair expert. I was just going to say that was one of them. I literally was going to oh, say, okay. I, I love say, armchair expert. That's the only expert. self-helpy one I listen to because I love armchair expert. I just expert. downloaded it and I really like it. Yeah, I really, yeah. that's what I imagined when I started Dear Maddie. I love the idea of, and Poodle and I both look at it this way, and but and we realized we both kind of, we never talked about it. And then one day we realized both come around the same way in that I always want to be helpful and I want to empower people and I believe I really am meant to help millions of people and I always want to make sure people are entertained first. I never want people to feel like I'm preaching at them, telling them what to do. I'm also the type of therapist I am. It's a narrative therapist and we operate from the standpoint that people are their their own experts in their lives and who are we to go in and just tell them what they're doing is wrong or right. More it's about investigating their lives. So 
I love that idea of armchair expert. It just fits. It's interviewing without judgment. So I highly recommend that show. The Brene Brown episode of that one's really great. So is the Esther Perel one because she has that great podcast, Where Do We Begin, which is couples oh, therapy. Oh, I love that one too. That's a great podcast. But one I was going to say that I know we listen to a lot of podcasts. I do really, and full transparency, this is an ACAST show and we're on ACAST, so I just want to be transparent. But I really love it. It's called The, the Score Bank Robbery Diaries. And it's about this guy that uh, basically, this guy named Joe uh, Loyalia, who robbed 30 banks in like 14 days. And so what is cool about this, the crime podcast, I like, but sometimes that can feel a little just heavy and it's just too much for me. What I love about this is that he robbed 30 banks. He tells you how he robbed them, how he planned it, how he did it all, which is fascinating. But then also you hear kind of the redemption story of how he went to prison and kind of how he put his life back together. So it ends much more hopeful and not in this kind of dark place. So I highly recommend that. That's why I like Ear Hustle too, because there's a lot of yeah, uh, yeah. not focus on the, per- the person you're talking to, what they did, but it's more like what they're doing, where they are in prison and what they're hoping to achieve when they get out. And you never find out what they did to get there, Yeah, which would be a whole separate podcast. You would so like the that, score then. You would like that. Okay. All right. That's, I'm, I'm writing it down. You do like uh, true crime. If, if you do things that are, don't like things that are as dark uh, or lengthy, I love cold case files because they're like 30 minutes long from, from Annie, basically. It's the, those old episodes. But you find out what happens at the end and things are actually resolved. And that, that's my issue in these days. So I wanna know if something gets fucking solved. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of yeah. days it, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't, and it's just gross, yeah. I, I honestly do not know how many hours there are in a day for you guys to <laughs> do these podcasts, do your 27 jobs, travel to China, not get coronavirus, come back. <laughs> therapize people and listen to podcasts. Like, I don't know. You guys are, uh, I'm listening to less cause I'm not, you forget we live in LA. So we're always in traffic. So that's when we listen yeah. to a lot of podcasts. So yeah. I actually now have to tell myself to yeah. remind myself to listen to them because before it just was always in the car. I listen when I'm, I'm on a run. Trying to keep up with my XM stuff too. I'm trying to keep oh, up with my yeah. serious XM shows and my podcasts it's a lot, and, my pa- and my Patreons that I'm trying to keep up with and trying to, feed the children in the house um they can feed themselves they're old enough just just point them in the direction believe me it's an issue okay listen i want to thank you guys so much now we're going to do a little bit extra over on patreon but for the regular podcast tell my listeners where they can find out everything about you guys and 90 day gays you can find everything about me at at jake it or fake it you can go, it's Twitter and Instagram. You can go to our website, Sissy That Talk. You can get merch there of all of, from all of our podcasts. And you can get, you can basically see all of our podcasts that are lined up there if you want to go find those. You can find me at the Matt Marr, two T's, two R's. But I, if you don't want to remember all that, just at 90 Day Gays on Twitter and Instagram. Everything. Hit both yeah. of us. And because we do... Uh, we do, um, we have older, epi- all of our episodes right now are ups. Nothing's behind Patreon. So 90 Day Fiance, but then also we talk about Sabrina on Netflix. We have some episodes of Riverdale. The musical episode of Riverdale is coming out in two weeks. So we're going to be recapping that. Um, Hedwig. And, and then, yeah, Hedwig's coming out. So we've got all that kind of stuff. And then obviously our Gatreon is past 90 day fiancés as well as love is blind we did that oh, that really we, we had, had a lot of people so that liked that much fun we had so love much fun blind. on that show holy hell 
<laughs> yeah. Don't talk about Jessica. Oh my God. <laughs> and don't forget about the MVP of the whole series, Jessica's drug dog. <laughs> yeah, we did a voice for Jessica's drug dog. Oh I mother. Just hope, I just hope someone gives me a drink of Chardonnay. Uh, I, I, she always serves me Cabernet, and that's just shit. I want to end it all. I want to end it. Mark, you are so stupid for being when, with her. When that dog lapped out of the wine, and she went, oh, yeah, she loves wine. Uh, we, we lost our minds. Lost our mind. Oh, so. guys. All right, so this is a pretty good example of what you can find over on 90 Day Gays and also on their Patreon, which is amazing as well. All right, thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Payne.